Hey listeners, George here. I know I'm a part of the podcast and I'm doing a bumper for the podcast. It's a little weird. Listen, just listen, okay? Greg and I do another podcast called PlayStation Power where we cover PlayStation and PlayStation 2 games. It's not family friendly, but you might like it. Also, if you like me on this podcast, I also do other things. Master System Masterpieces, we cover Master System games, and we even have a podcast, The Box Fort. Not family-friendly, but my co-host, Joe, and I sit down, talk about wacky and weird things, uncensored, and sometimes we bring on a guest and it gets really fun. So if you're not easily offended and you're able to withstand this uncensored content, um, please take a listen to the box for it. Uh, you can find them on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or just on my website, which is tibboxfort.com. T-E-H-B-O-X-F-O-R-T.com. Thank you, and now the SNES Podcast with Greg and George. That's me. Thank you once again for tuning in to Super NES Podcast. Whether this is your first time or many times with us, we've, we, we very much appreciate you uh, downloading or listening to this podcast episode. He is George, I'm Greg, and we're here again to hopefully entertain you with another Super NES title uh, uh, coverage. Hi, I'm George. <laughs> Was that a good enough intro, Greg? Uh, about par what you do in the podcast, yes. Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay. Um... So we are looking at uh, this week one of my all-time favorite games. Not, not so much a favorite on this system for like reasons for the reasons that we'll get into, but at least a game I have a whole bunch of history, uh, history and nostalgia for. Um, we're looking at the Super NES version of Nobunaga's Ambition, uh, which is a uh, strategy slash simulation game developed and published by Koai, released for the system in 1993. And this is George's first time playing the game. Um, it is. Uh, one of your first times playing Koai strategy, strategy, strategy series, period, right? No, I played Dynasty Tactics a little That's bit. kind of, sort of? Uh, That's strategy. That. Yeah. Because well. stra- you can you control the generals and... Like, it's not... I mean, I mean it's like... Uh, you don't have the... I don't think you have the aspect of... Like controlling a territory and taxes and stuff like that, but it's like a combat strategy 
or not combat strategy, but like a turn-based strategy game where you have to make sure your your generals are not killed or whatever, but also right. make sure that you're taking out the enemies. So right. it, it, it's it's a strategy game. <laughs> I mean, you're not doing any of the Dynasty Warriors stuff. Right. Yeah. Well. So. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, did, I just never thought about that because I kind of have more narrow, like narrow definition. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a valid point. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's games like No Man's Ambition and the like in the like in the um, and the and the very popular and still ongoing um, a Romance of the Kingdom series that Koai is probably like best known for until recently. Uh, you know, now the best franchise that they have going want to keep going back to the well. Maybe one too many times. Like the Dynasty Warriors uh, series that George already mentioned. Apparently, but, uh, okay, so I, I, I hate to bring it up here, but apparently I saw a new Dynasty Warriors game come out, but it was not a full-fledged game. I forgot what it was called, but it's a PSN game. Hmm, interesting. We'll talk, we'll talk about this later. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, um, Nobunaga's Ambition... Is important to me because it's important to me because I uh, because I can directly say that the game had a, the, the, you know the game had a direct impact like upon my life uh, and upon some of the choices and choices and decisions that helped to that helped to shape and influence because um, I already had been interested in things like history and tragedy and tragedy games and whatnot by the time this game the uh, time this game came out it came out in the West. Uh, we'll talk about the lineage of the, the, you know, the lineage of the series here in a moment, but the NES version of the game came out in 1989, and I was 13 the time that I got the game, and I and, and I loved it from the start. I never it was a game that was a game I like it was a game I never had seen before, so I was very very uh, into it like for that reason. Um, and you know it made me want to go to the library and get some books uh, to explain the subject matter better because of course in these days there was no internet. Um, so just like you know, and it really helped to, and this, and this, uh, and this game along with Civilization, which came out the following year, and some other games like that, really helped to influence, influence me, and, and, and influence me at, at, at like that, like that impressionable age, and, and kind of, kind of helped, kind of helped convince me that history was something I did want to pursue, and I eventually would go on to college, uh, to get a degree in it. Um, so. And at 13, uh, I was old enough to be able to grasp the concepts, uh, the, you know, the concepts like the idea of how to play the game. The manual also, the manual also really helped uh, because the manual, because yeah, because Koai knew knew this kind of game was very unique to Westerners. Like they like they included to, like included the game. Not only was there a map, but there was also a very thick. I want to say I want to say on the order of like 80 pages. I didn't look at the scan of this online, but online like we podcast it. But it's a very very thick manual, uh, which went to. Which went into huge and loving detail about, like you know, the the, um, uh, the history, the history, the, the behind the behind the game, and how the game played, and you know, comparisons, and like you know, there was there was bios of uh, like the major damios uh, uh, the time period, the time period, like whatnot, and and I always remember that you know they made the example right. In the, you were right in the beginning of the manual. Well, this was two parts of the manual that really stick out for me. One, uh, one part is like in the beginning of the manual. It says like you know, um, to best understand the situation, the situation in Japan, Japan, just like the time period. Uh, think of the American Civil War. Uh, the difference being that, the difference being that, and the difference being that instead of there only being two countries, the North and the South, Japan was divided up to about fifty countries. Uh, who were like and fighting. I don't think they were fighting about slaves either. No, but um, there you go. 
And there was another part later on, like later on in the manual, where they're talking about um, one of the Damios. Uh, like one of the famous ones. Because they gave because they gave bio coverage about maybe about uh, a dozen or so playable like playable Dami uh, like playable Damios like in the game and they um um and so they're talking about one of them, uh, one of the famous ones, and you know, I'm and you know, um I won't get the names here because I um but but you know, like I'm almost quoting directly like in the manual. Uh, they said the first time that uh, that character A met character B in battle, he waited his kimono and ran for his life. <laughs> and, and okay, I'm like, how, how can you not love a manual that uses language like that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, honestly, uh, I think this game was important to have on the console because you didn't see, and and even to this day, you don't see a lot of or strategy type of games. True. Yeah. On consoles, you kind you kind of see a little bit more, but not not as much as you do see on computers, especially that era back then. Well, this game came out came out first originally on computers, like in the West, and then got the console right. you know, console port later on. But right. They, um, but, Which is uh, weird to think that this game was on computers because as a, as a game on the computer, it seems pr- like kind of limited compared to what else was out there. Well, most of Koi's games did come out on the computer. Uh, like, uh, on computer, like most consoles. Uh, at, at least in Japan, like not like in the West. But they... Um, um, but yeah, so the Super NES, the Super NES version of the game doesn't have, doesn't have, doesn't have quite a, doesn't have quite a good a manual, a, a manual uh, like the NES version did, but it's still like pretty good manual. Um, boy, a, uh, a sidetrack. Boy, I really hate. I, mean, I really hate the fact that modern games don't do, the modern games like don't have manuals like anymore. Like I miss those days. I mean, there's the internet. I know, but it's not the same thing. It's actually like. Picking up a thick manual and smelling it, you know, and smelling the paper, the, 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 uh, the, the, the paper content, and flicking through it, and like you know, having like tons and tons of historical information and background and background development stuff, what not included inside of it, and, that, and pictures. But I mean, they're not gonna do that now because it's no, it's I know. cheaper to not do a manual first right. off, and and it also like it's if you think about it, it's actually um, it's good for the environment. Because you're not cutting down trees to print out manuals when you can just go read it on something digital. Yeah. You know, and s- save those trees on on top of a, a lot of other things. I mean, <laughs> manuals, e- even in digital form, they are very limited. But for the most part, you're going to be... The, the demographic you're shooting for is going to be a demographic that doesn't really need a manual because of, well, I mean, on top of having tutorials in games now that beat you over the head. Right. Um, you know, uh, most of the time, people already know how to play games. Right. So, it's it's a different market now, back yeah. compared to SNES, Genesis, whatever era. Um, which is kind of sad because... They, like, yeah, manuals are missing. Okay. Like, even back in, like, what was it? Like, 2006 or whatever, when, like, Elder Scrolls Oblivion came out. That was a massive manual. And that was, like, an Xbox 360 game. Um, and that was surprising even for, for that era. But it's it's a shame we don't have manuals. But it's kind of a good thing that we don't. You know? Yeah, and I suppose things, so. things change, and sometimes, you know, you miss the the way that things were, but, you know, you just gotta... 
keep that in the back of your mind, but also just catch up with the times, I guess. Yeah. Well, the manual, the manual like this game was definitely... It was interesting. It really yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, definitely a very good manual, and and like you said, needed needed for a game like this because I the, oh yeah yeah because like you know uh, this wasn't uh, this wasn't the first game in the franchise. We'll talk about the history of the franchise here in a moment, but you know it was the first one to come out like in the West. Um, Nobunaga's Ambition is a franchise that's still ongoing today. It has been has been obviously obviously been obviously been very very popular in play its home country. I was uh, so tempted at getting the the newest one on Steam. Yeah, I have it on my wish list. I, wish list. I, yeah. I, so as soon as the price drops to a drop to a decent level, I'll snatch up for sure. But because mm-hmm, uh, that looks awesome. But uh, yeah, most of the games the franchise have not come out here in the West. Uh, like only like a handful of games have. Um, and uh, so so um, if you know anything about Koai, most of their games they've done over the years have been like strategies have, have been like strategy simulation historical games, like like this games and the Romance of the Kingdoms, and, and, and like some other games. Uh, not all their games have been history based. They do have some other stuff too. Like they have the Aerobiz games uh, on the 16-bit oh, right. systems, which are which are which are really good airport uh, airplane management management uh, management games. And there's also there's also the there's also the Uncharted Water franchise, which is a, which is a combination of uh, action adventure RPG uh, uh, simulation, which are really great games. I've never heard of those. Yeah, I covered I covered the second game, uh, New Horizons, on, uh, uh, like an like an slow episode of the podcast okay. uh, last year. It's it, it's one of my favorites. Like it's a really really fun you like fun like unique game. So um, and you know Koi Koi's also published some other stuff over the years. They also did a they published a they published a a shooter a shooter a shooter like the N64 that called Win Back. Uh, they have I've never heard of that. Yeah, they have branched huh. out. They have branched out into branched out like some other areas, and and of course they had before the, the Dynasty Warriors series, like what they're most known for these days. Um, so um, they're but, infamous for that. Yes, <laughs> the infamous Dynasty Warriors series. Yes, uh, I need to I need to go look at that PSN game. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, this is probably okay. kind of just a reminder for me, uh, like right. for post post production right. stuff. Like right. hey. You're editing this. Go do this now. Oh, okay. Thanks, me. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've already talked about uh, Koi's history, uh, like in the past podcast, when we covered this. When we covered the Super NES port of Civilization, uh, which Koi also published, uh, but like the console. So, right. um, so if you want more history about the history about the company, like you can go listen to that episode. Um, I will give you a little bit of history though, like about the like about like about the aforementioned. Uh, Nobunaga, who this series is named for, and about what was going on in Japan in like, like this time period. So, cliff note, cliff note version of Japanese history in this time period, uh, condensed down to about like, you know, like two minutes. So, um, the main character who this series is named for was Oda Nobunaga, who is certainly one of the most um, famous, famous and ambitious, uh, like the like the like the daimyos of this time period. A daimyo was a figure um, who basically was the ruler, uh, like the fief, uh, the uh, the the province, like the like the main land that he uh, that he had pretty much absolute control over in Japan, like this time period. Um, this game takes place during the uh, this game takes place during the late 16th century, uh, like when the 
uh, like when the uh, war and period in Japan had reached its had reached its climax. Uh, for complex reasons that are far outside the scope of this podcast, uh, uh, central authority in Japan broke down in the mid to like the mid to late 15th century, and uh, there was no shogun. Uh, the shogun was the central figure who basically who basically was like ruled the country. Then, as now, Japan did. Uh, Japan did have an emperor, but then as and now, the emperor the emperor had very little like real power. He's mostly a figurehead. Uh, so it was like a shogun. the queen in England. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, well the, the emperor the emperor actually the emperor actually had a little bit more power in this time period than the queen did. But okay. um, but you know, not a knock against our friends in the UK. Just. No. <laughs> Um, but the emperor pretty much was just shut away in Kyoto, uh, the capital, you know, to, 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 uh, 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 the capital of the country, uh, because Tokyo didn't exist uh, like in this time period. Um, and Prince pretty much, um, if he started getting a bit too antsy and started trying to get to, 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 to issue a whole bunch of proclamations and whatnot, uh, the shogun or whoever was in charge of the city could just could just like assign guards to the palace to quote unquote protect him. So. Uh, the actual, like the actual power, was very, very limited. It was the shogun who actually, who actually, who actually, who actually, who actually, who actually controlled the country. And like, I, and like I just said, uh, that authority broke down during this time period. Um, the game has you. Uh, the game has the game has Japan divided divided into fifty fiefs. Uh, in reality, there were a lot more. Um, they just simply uh, combined combined a bunch of them and. Condense the map a little bit to make it easier. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say it might like, be too many resources. Right. Yeah, like the sake of gameplay. Uh, yeah. but, the, but the game just had the most important, important, and critical of the of those like thieves. Besides, um, I think that would bolt on another like ten hours of gameplay to that. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Oda Nobunaga came to power in 1560, which is when like which is when, like. Switch, switch when two of the four scenarios in this game starts, um, and by all counts, he was a very, uh, he was a very, a very good tactician, a very good warrior, uh, very smart. Uh, he was also, he was also very ruthless, very aggressive, like and very bloodthirsty. Uh, he would think nothing about like making making a peace treaty and then like betraying it and like sacking a temple and killing a whole bunch of people to make a point and that kind of stuff. Um, which is why eventually, uh, when he's well on his way to being able to become the most powerful figure in Japan, and was well on his way to probably unifying the country, he was suddenly uh, betrayed uh, and trapped in his castle in 1582 by one of his underlings, and was forced to commit like seppuku. Um, so after that point, uh, one of the other generals took over and finished and, and finished and finished the unification of the country. But because he was low born, the other noble clans never. Uh, would not accept him um, as being the actual shogun. When he finally passed away in the 1590s, uh, a figure, like a figure by the name of Tokiwaga, uh, who, had, who actually had served uh, Oda, Oda as a boy, um, uh, uh, started. I started to compete with one other uh, powerful daimyo for control of the country. The two sides met in a huge. The two sides met in a huge titanic battle. Uh, the Battle of Sekigahara in 1600, which was the biggest battle in Japanese history, and still, and until Waterloo, the biggest battle in world history. Uh, just to give you a idea how huge, how huge this fight was, uh, Tokugawa won, and he established a dynasty that a dynasty that would go on to rule Japan for the next 250, like next 250 years, um, until the country was forced open by Westerners, by Westerners, uh, by Westerners like in the 1850s. So. 
So, with that little bit of history of history behind us, the game has four scenarios that you can Thanks for the history lesson. <laughs> no, it was well, actually I mean, really interesting. Like, joking aside, that yeah. was actually... Like, I didn't know, like, how big all of that was. Right, and this game... Uh, yeah, yeah, and this game... Uh, this has been a very popular, a popular topic for other games, to, for other games to cover. Also, uh, I'll mention toward the end of this podcast some other, some other like well-known games that have also dealt with this time period. Um, it, it's, it's a popular time period, like for like for good reason because it's very interesting. There's a whole, whole bunch of interesting characters, um, you know, a whole bunch of things going on. This game, for the this game for the this game, like the ease of simplicity and gameplay, uh, sacrifices or omits a whole bunch of stuff that really made this period very very unique. Uh, you also had a whole bunch of religious, religious, religious things going on too, because Christians uh, were also were also a factor. Christianity had been introduced to the country at this time period, right? Um, and you had Christians doing rites, revolt, that kind of stuff. You also had you also had the Ichi, the, the warrior monks, um, who uh, uh, who also who, who also major a major factor. Um, Japan, Japan, this Japan, this time period was completely, completely lost all central authority. Uh, there were a whole bunch of the whole bunch of peasant riots, samurai riots, uh, daimyos who would become successful campaigns, like become bloodthirsty, like they like you'll betrayed, betrayed and murdered, like whether like by their own sons in some cases. Um, ninjas were running amok, uh, doing things like you know poisoning. Poisoning damios and sabotaging fields and blowing oh, up like holes ninja and stuff. Yeah, right. So I mean, um, <laughs> ninjas doing ninja stuff. Well, ninjas, ninjas, ninjas were not straight up fighters like the straight uh, the Hollywood and media tends to portray them. They were they were actually uh, they were actually sneaky, uh, a little better than thieves actually. Just, just like, like a, video games have portrayed them, right? But most video games, there are some video games that have portrayed ninjas like pretty accurately. So, but um, yeah, they were just. Hired thugs, basically, was like all they were. They had no sense of honor, no sense of loyalty. Uh, they just simply would go in and uh, be hired for mission and go do assassination or destroy something or like or whatnot. So, um, just um, firearms have been introduced to the country recently uh, by European visitors uh, during the Tokugawa dynasty. During the Tokugawa dynasty, uh, uh, Japan shut itself off from the outside world, uh, uh, except for one small trading trading port, uh, trading port operated by the Dutch. Uh, like in Nagasaki, um, uh, because partly because of the disruptive influences that Westerners uh, they felt at least they had in the country country during this time period, with things like Christianity and horses and you know on, on guns and that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, it was very very bloodthirsty, very very chaotic. Uh, just a whole just a whole unsettled period uh, during this time period, which the game which the game tries to. The game tries to recreate as best they can, but again, limitations of the hardware and hard hardware not wanting to get too complicated. Uh, like the same gameplay. Yeah. But you found this game difficult enough, uh, like I said, it was George, like what I understand. Oh, <laughs> boy. Setting number one might as well be setting number five. <laughs> Um, yeah, this yeah, this game does give you a whole bunch of options. Which I really appreciate. Uh, first of all, this is one of the handful of games that uh, that supports this, you know, that supports the Super NES mouse. Yay! I never used the mouse uh, the mouse for this game, but I can imagine. I, it, I, I can imagine it works pretty well. I mean, it, I, I mean, I had no problem with going. I had no problem with using the the uh, the, key, uh, the keypad to to, to 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 navigate around. But since I was emulating this, I had yeah. to tweak my mouse. So it wouldn't be overkill, right? Yeah. So yeah. So, 
Um, <sighs> so Heavy Mouse supports it. So Heavy Mouse supports it. Uh, you must support for the game's very nice touch. Yeah. Um, and again, it betrays the original PC versions. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I like this game. So uh, there are four scenarios that you pick from, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, Battle for the East is 1560. This is a simplified version of the game. It only takes place like in the contour of the plains, as they're playing the central region of Japan. And there's only 17 fiefs that you can pick from, uh, like having the map. So it's kind of the, kind of the, kind of the beginner slash tutorial. Uh, and campaign. it still was kind of hard. It it is at first. Uh, we'll get into the game's learning curve later on, I think. But you know, this is uh, it definitely it's like just climbing take a- Mount Everest. <laughs> <laughs> um, scenario two is Daimyo Power Struggles, fifteen sixty. Also, also, except this one's expanded to include all of Japan. Uh, Ambition Untamed, fifteen seventy one. This is when this is when Japan was starting to solidify uh, under the control of Oda and some of the other more successful daimyos. Uh, not as many, not as many people to pick from, not as many uh, uh, factions to worry about, that kind of stuff. And Road Toward, and, and finally Road Toward Unification, fifteen eighty two. This is this is the year historically that Oda uh, uh, was betrayed and committed seppuku. Uh, and and again, uh, Japan's much more much more simplified and much more unified than the. I like this scenario. You can also pick from difficulty levels, as George alluded to, five, diff- uh, five different levels. This mostly affects how good the AI is in combat, um, and also, oh, boy, <laughs> uh, and it also affects how often that you know good, uh, good events versus bad events hit you. It also that also affects it also affects uh, your chance of your Domino dying like every year, I think, and some other small stuff like that. Wait, really? Yeah. So. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay. He could just flat out die. Does he have like an aneurysm or something? No, uh, I was gonna get into this he just had, a moment. He had bad curry or something. Nope, I was gonna get into this. I don't this know. I don't know what just a moment. Um, you then said how many. I didn't say how many players that you want to play, and this is nice. You be uh, eight players, right? You can go all the way up to eight players. Yes, this is uh, awesome. Uh, passing the controller back and forth. Obviously, I kind of wish there was a way to, um, even if you weren't able to play, like control all the fiefs or whatever. Like at least at the beginning, like make it so that there's no AI because I I've always liked a game where you can play a strategy game with mm. other people. Right. And, and see where it goes from there. Okay, right. Yeah, right. And you can also set the game to play by itself uh, with any human players like, at really? all. Yeah, yep. Just set zero. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. It's a nice touch. Uh, just like, you know, watch the game like... like you watch the game play if you want to. You don't want to um, do that because it's just... <laughs> it's just a bunch of... Um, Military screens or whatever. We can... We Combat can, screens. Well, 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 the options... Well, in the options you can set... And the option of the game, you can also set it if you want to view the battles or not. Uh, so if you want to see the battles that the other uh, computer players are playing, select yes. If you only want to see like your battles, which like, after no. my first playthrough, yeah, I turned that off yep. because yep. I was sitting there for a long a time. Good, yeah, yeah, a long time. Let it. Let us go with that. A long time. Um, you then select which domino that you want to rule, and you're told some basic information like about him. Um, and also, and also, like in a very tabletop RPG style, you get to roll your stats. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So um, uh, I always 
So when I was selecting land, I always selected like a corner piece because that means only one person would go exactly. to war with me. Exactly, I was going to get into that later on in the game, vice, like vice play in the game, but that's a good tragedy to follow, yeah. yes. So, um, playing Oda is definitely recommended, like you're new, uh, uh, like new to the game, because not yeah, only does he get like unique music, um, because he's because he's cool and powerful like that. Wait, which one um, is he? Which chief uh, or whatever is he? He, I don't, I don't remember the number. Uh, he's the one who can. He's the one who starts off in Tokyo Plain, uh, okay. like in the center of the map. Uh, oh, okay. That that province, that province, like right there, like along the coast. Um, you know, he he's also like he's also like very skilled. So like he's a very good domio, uh, like for the like, new player to pick, uh, to kind of um, you know make things easier. But and you want to pick somebody who's young if you can because uh, every year there's a chance your Damio can die. Um, if your Damio has a high health rating, that that prolongs his life. But eventually, but eventually, but eventually he's gonna croak, and if he dies, that's it, game over. There's no successor. So, What's young like twenty? <laughs> there are Damios, there are there are some Damios who historically died in the thirties. Um, so, right. and you know, and, and, and like I said, you can't prolong that, but you see, um, if you have a high health rating and also simply just like, you know, reloading the game if he, pass, if he passes away, and maybe like maybe that year he won't. What was uh, life expectancy back then? Uh, our information, our, 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 our information from this time period indicates that before the, before the wars, it was pretty good in Japan. Obviously, it went down. Uh, because of the hundred years plus of civil war and turmoil the country right. the, the country the country that went through but um uh, better than Europe at this time period I want to say probably 50s was probably like an wow okay yeah so um that's but, that's that's pretty good considering um, like I think like when the US was starting life expectancy <laughs> was like around mm-hmm. there right and right. that was like 1800s yeah, yeah, yeah. 1700s one of the famous dominoes was in the pretty game good. uh yeah one of the famous dominoes in the game um, I believe it was like Mori, uh, who was one of the more uh, famous, like famous, uh, famous, powerful ones. Uh, his domains, his domains were the southern tip of Honshu Island. Uh, he didn't pass away. Flight was like as high. Uh, yeah, he didn't pass away. Pass away. Flight was like high seventies. Wow. Um, and Tokugawa, and Tokugawa, um, uh, and Tokugawa, um. I believe it's pronounced like I believe I believe I believe I believe his first name his first name is pronounced like Nogiesu, who found the who found the Tokugawa dynasty. He didn't pass away until sixteen until sixteen twelve. Probably in his eighties. So that's really good. Like even for this time now, that's yeah. pretty good. So there were some, <laughs> yeah, you know. So so like so there were some who so there were some like were very uh, very long lived. But uh, um so anyway so you have to be cognizant of the fact that you only have X number of years to uh, 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 to achieve your goal which obviously is that's, a that's of, assuming of also you're not being assassinated or something by somebody yes yes <laughs> right so turn two you were assassinated came over <laughs> oh thanks game which can happen sometimes but um, yeah just like you know certain domios are more prone to be tar- targeted than others. Again, uh, again, there's a whole bunch of again, a whole bunch of factors going on behind the scenes uh, here. So, but uh, yeah. so when the game actually starts, um, uh, 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 like each game turns a month. Uh, the game, the game randomly, the, the game randomly decide the order uh, uh, each month that the thieves play in. Um, you get a turn for every thief. Uh, you get a turn for every thief that's under your control. 
Um, later on in the game, when your domain gets very, very big, it's recommended to just it's recommended to take the interior thieves, uh, the ones that are not in any danger of being attacked, attacked by anybody, and turn them over to AI control, uh, just to uh, uh, just to minimize the amount of the amount of land you actually you actually have to, you actually have to directly rule under and make the game go a bit faster. Um, you can still request and get supplies and taxes and taxes from them, that kind of stuff. So, um, and you can do one action, uh, one action in each thief, like each turn, pretty much. So, um, there's a bunch of things you can do. The game is menu-driven. Uh, I, I think the biggest, the biggest, uh, I, I, well, okay, personally, it's going to be hard for me to say this because, of course, I have years and years, years of history, history playing this game, but, um, I can see. I think the biggest, the biggest uh, hurdle for trying to learn this game is trying to is trying to memorize and remember what all the icons, uh, the icons like on the screen mean. Mm-hmm. Because yep. uh, uh, because to make the game to make the game accessible to Japanese players as well as U.S. players because the, the, the game got released simultaneously in both countries uh, in June. Um, in December 1993, uh, they don't use they don't, uh, um, the menu. The, the menu just simply just shows you icons. So, so once you learn the icons as to what means what, um, it, it, like it'd be kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I looked up in the manual, and it was still kind of confusing. But hey, <laughs> video games. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're really not doing that much. That much turn to turn. That's, which is why I said earlier, this game is actually one of Kawhi's simpler strategy. That's strategy why I had games. a. I pr- that's probably the reason why I had a problem with this game. Not really. Huh. Not not the problem. Like, oh, I didn't like it. The problem of uh, I can't do much. So much cannot <laughs> be done. If that makes sense. Well, later games in the franchise, the franchise are definitely more complicated. But, because there wasn't um, there wasn't much managing to do. So unless I was being stupid or I didn't know no, how to play or something, is pretty but, light. Uh, yeah, that's why there, it was like, um, I how how do I get money and and why can't I train enough troops and yeah. why do people attack me every turn? God dang it. <laughs> um, you can do the base the, the basic things you can do in the game are pretty. Like a pretty direct. Um, you can move soldiers back and forth between your uh, thieves. You can, uh, 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 can go to war. You can increase taxes, which gives you more money uh, uh, during the one time period each year when taxes are collected. But it also decreases the loyalty ability of your peasants. Yep. Uh, transfer supplies between thieves. Uh, you can raise the level of flood control, uh, which, uh, which. Uh, which increases the amount of farm of farmland you have, which therefore increases the amount of food you have, and also protects, um, uh, uh, like, and also protects um, protects your feet from being damaged, like should like a uh, 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 like should a, a flood or typhoon event hit your you hit your thief. You can make a non-aggression pact or arrange a marriage, uh, like a neighbor. Very important to do so, as George just alluded to. Um, uh, you can cultivate. Uh, which improves the the overall, uh, the overall like you know welfare of like the thief. Uh, if a merchant's visiting your thief, you'll be told uh, during the turn that a merchant's the merchant's in town. You can use the merchant to buy or sell rice, to borrow funds, to purchase weapons, uh, because, yeah, because you want to have like well armed army as well. Um, you can recruit the military, uh, be the soldiers and ninjas. You can train the army. 
uh, which increases the fighting efficiency. You can spy on a rival to see what they're doing. Um, expanded town, which increases your taxes. So it decreases your tax base, but also decreases like peasant loyalty. You can give either gold or uh, gold uh, 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 like or food to your peasants or soldiers to raise their morale. You can steal peasants like uh, steal peasants like neighboring like neighboring thieves to encourage. Wait, them. really? Yeah. You send out huh. ninjas on, on missions to encourage them to come over your thief instead because life's better over there. Yeah, yada, yada yada yada. So life's better over here. Taxes thirty percent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually never had my tax rate higher than 20% in the game, actually, but, uh, you know, that was... I didn't know what I was doing, so I raised yeah. it to 25, and then yeah. I was like, well, I'm probably going to lose two two <laughs> turns from now, so what does right. it matter? Uh, you can also, like, shuffle the, uh, 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 you can also, like, rearrange and reorganize your army. Uh, uh, we'll get into battle here, like, in a little bit. Um, you can recuperate, recuperate... Which basically just means rest for a turn and do nothing, uh, because even your dying was like get sick. Um, or if you're not really sure what to do, pass a turn. But passing a turn is not recommended because you might as well just rest or train the troops. Basically, basically kit number one for this game. We're not sure what to do. Train by like, train the army. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. But because yeah, because many many times this game. Um, you know, I have small, but a small army, but have them like well equipped, uh, with arms and well trained, and numerous times I'd be able to beat a larger army that evaded me, uh, because their army was because their army was not as was not as trained 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 armed as mine was. Right. So, um, and that's basically how they, and it's basically like how gameplay operates. Um, uh, that that's pretty much half the game right there. The other big half of the game is the battle scene. So when you go to battle, um, you're shown you're shown a kind of abstracted uh, picture map like your like your uh, like the thief that the war is being fought in. Uh, one screens that kind of makes it simpler. Uh, later games would be multi screens as far as the map size went, but this but this one because it was a port of the, uh, port of the NES uh, game, they kept it simplistic uh, in that sense and simply and just like one screen. Uh, there's a castle uh, which is your headquarters, the best place in the game for defense. Um, there's also a town, which is, uh, uh, which is considered to be, which is, which is, which is considered, considered to be the main urban center of the province. Uh, defense, defense of town is pretty good, but you don't want to fight there if you can help it, because the fact that uh, any, any damage that any fighting down there will damage the town. Um, and you'll see the effects after that, like after the battle's done. And depending on the thief, there can be rivers, mountains, forest, hills, uh, basic, basic, Logic applies there for like you know how the like how the terrain operates and you know like you know pros and cons of fighting like in a terrain like or whatnot. So um, your army can have anywhere from three to five units in it, uh, which are uh, depending upon how you have your army organized and, and, and the number of soldiers the soldiers in your command. And they fall into just like they fall into like three different well actually really four different uh, types. Your command unit is number one. This is your best soldiers. These are your elite soldiers. Uh, these are the guys who are directly, like, directly fighting with and under the command of the Domingo himself. Um, this is this is this is your best unit on the map, bar none. So try to use these. So try to use these. So flexi one. Try to use these guys carefully. You also have your riflemen. Um, like I said, guns guns have been introduced to Japan by Europeans at this time period. These are the these are the slow. Um, are slow, difficult to reload, hard to fire weapons. 
Um, so the so the firepower is a little bit better than infantry, um, as far as that goes. Then you also have cavalry. Uh, horses are very expensive and very hard to maintain uh, because you need to, because you need spare land to be able to feed them and resources to be able to take care of them. So really, only the rich samurai actually had horses. Uh, cavalry is cavalry is very quick and very powerful. Um, and then if you have and they have enough men, you can also have a fourth and fifth unit, which is just basically, which is like basic infantry. Um, and there's and and there's, and there's paper rocks and there's paper rock scissors uh, cycle in this game too, as to as to as to which as to how you should be attacking if you like you can, because riflemen are devastating against cavalry. Cavalry is very devastating against like uh, infantry, and infantry is very infantry is very infantry is was very effective against like. It is very effective against riflemen. So, so if you attack in those orders, uh, you'll be better off. So, um, if you're the invader, your their goal is your goal is to um, is to is to either destroy the command unit or wipe out the entire army before thirty days elapse. If you're the defender, your goal is to either uh, your goal is either to to destroy the command unit or to order. Or to keep your command unit alive for 30 days, which has led to many humorous situations <laughs> where it's like I'm down to one unit, he's down to one unit, and he just chases me around the battlefield the rest of the game. <laughs> well, the rest of the battle, actually. So it's like, you know, because, yeah, because, yeah, because I can't fight straight out because he's stronger than me and he'll kill me, but because he's down to one unit, I can simply just run around the side of the map for like 20 days. And then eventually time runs out, and I win. So <laughs> what a war, Greg! <laughs> I just imagine your all your units are wiped out. It's just you. So what do you do? You just start running around until they run out of resources. <laughs> yeah, that is like pretty funny. So, um, if you, um, um, if you kill the Damio, uh, uh, like either on the offensive or defensive side, so you take over like his land, um, which is a nice uh, bonus. Um, so. And you can also send spies, uh, ninjas, into a sneaky forehand if you want to, to destroy your supplies or to, to like demoralize the troops to help. If they have to, to help us, is like many things that you can do there. Um, we know we had problems figuring out some of the some of the some of the uh, some of the menu simulation aspects. George, what do you think about the battle aspect? Uh, I like this game. Kind of limited. It's just... It is, yeah. It's like attack or don't attack, kind of. I mean, there's also the placement aspects where, oh, you're on the town square or whatever, or the capital or whatever it is. You have a stronger defense, so on and so forth. But it, you don't have any abilities to use. It's just attack or don't attack, really. Yeah. Well, again, again, part of that, part of that is again because of how old this game is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you know, just a, um, um, but uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, and uh, you can have a huge number of soldiers in your army if you want to. Um, historically, in this time period, uh, the, the Dami was waged war with armies anywhere from like twenty to seventy thousand men. Um, but 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 you can have but you can have hundreds of thousands of men in your army if you want to, um, as long as you can support it. And probably later on in the game, you will have that many men because you're going to need it. So, I needed it at the beginning. <laughs> Man. Um, 
So, um, anyway, uh, that's basically how the game operates. Uh, like I said, for co-op games, it's actually it's actually very simple uh, as far as the actual the actual simulation parts, um, which you figure out like you know what all the icons mean and what does what and what's good against what and that kind of stuff. Um, the map is just simply Japan divided divided up into 50, uh, 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 50 thieves if you're playing the full game. Um, most of the thieves are on Honshu, which is the main island of the, of the country. Uh, you can just barely see Hokkaido, uh, the northern island, on one side of the map. That's that's a single, uh, uh, that's the one thief because then as now Hokkaido is least populated, least populated like the main islands. Um, and and there's also and there's also any and there's also um, the, the two southern islands of Kyushu and, Sh- and Shikoku on the map. Um, there are no bridges obviously in this time period, but you can just. Uh, but most of the game, most of the game just assumes that at certain points um, that that water access is possible, so you can just like transport your army or troops or supplies or whatever like, across the to across the channel, uh, which I believe is shown on the map as to which areas are connected like that. So no idea, uh, but uh, um, so um. The graphics for this game, uh, because this is an NES port, um, the graphics of the game are pretty basic compared to Super NES standards. Um, there's, uh, uh, there's a good use of colors. Um, you know, I think that you know all the thieves I think are pretty clearly recognizable from one another because of the color choices. Uh, there's some very nice, uh, there's some very nice touches uh, with some of the graphics. Like for example, for example, I love the animations. Um, uh, the cute little animations, like about the you know, soldiers, the you know, soldiers training, uh, you know the ninjas, the ninjas, the ninjas doing their missions, uh, you know like your daimyos, uh, all the exciting lines of somebody else, um, you know all those events have like little have short have short little like uh, cute graphical and uh, uh, graphical animations uh, on the screen, I um, you know, which I always loved because the NES version I had those also. Um, the map, uh, the map has a very Japanese, uh, Japanese look to it. It kind of, it, it almost looks like it's, like it almost, like it almost, it almost, it, it almost, it almost like looks like the map's made out of like rice paper. So. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't see that until you just brought it up. Um, and that's that's a nice touch. Uh, music, mu- the music of the game is again, uh, like it's again a direct, a direct remix, like the original music, like the NES version, which is why well, there's not very much of it. But it's about like, maybe like a, the, the, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a whole, I think like you know five songs, not uh, five songs of the game, that's it. So um, yeah, it's kind of limited. But I, so it's limited, um, which I, which I kind of regret. But I do think they did a very good job taking advantage of the Super NES, uh, 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 our sound chip, uh, like sound chip, and remixing the songs. Uh, the, uh, 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 the songs sound very good in this version. I think they're very deep. Uh, they use a lot. Of, uh, uh, they use a lot of instruments. Uh, they definitely sound rich. Uh, the, the music, the music, the music, the music definitely has a very Japanese, the Japanese feel. It's very rich, like rich and too rich and uh, uh, rich and full sounding. So like, so like, good use of the hardware at least. Mm-hmm. I've I've had the I've had the main I've had the uh, the opening screen slash main menu theme stuck in my head for days. Uh, really? You know, yeah, like it's a good okay. piece. <laughs> uh, I, you, again, nostalgia reasons because I have uh, regions because I I the um you know I have a lot more experience playing the NES version of this game than the Super NES version. Like I did play the Super NES version like quite a bit too, but uh, because because I said the music the music is the same in both versions, so it's, it's, it's like it was like I just heard the music again and again and again for so much over the years. Right. Um, it, um, it, 
I'm just you're just kind of stuck with me. So, That's kind of uh, like uh, some Dynasty Warriors three music stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, so that's the game in a nutshell. Um, the game, uh, the game does have a battery, your battery pack. Um, to you know, save your progress. Uh, like you go through the game, you can. Save I couldn't your imagine somebody back then sitting down and playing through a whole game. I can't imagine how long it takes to finish just the um, the first one. Oh, the beginning one? Uh, yeah. You can go through that in about like two to three hours if you're good. Oh, okay. Um, but That's not too bad. The NES, the NES version of the game also had a battery pack, which 1989 was still pretty... That's was, pretty good. Was, yeah, it was still pretty, like, you know, uncommon thing. Because right. I think Zelda was the first game to really have a battery pack, and then, like, a couple a couple of games followed after that. But this was but this definitely, this definitely uh, like one of the early ones, so, yeah. Hold reset and push power. Yep. <laughs> so you don't lose your save. Yep. So I've had that happen to me. <laughs> I only had it happen once, and that was my own fault. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it sucks when it you does. have a Final Fantasy card that's you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, I agree with you. I mean, like playing this game, playing this game like about a battery pack uh, uh, would basically just be unplayable. But um, uh, because a regular game, a regular game could take you, a regular game could take you from like ten to twenty hours. Uh, you know, game time to go through it. So, but um, so um, so we mentioned so we mentioned the fact this that we mentioned the fact that there, we mentioned the fact that this franchise is like quite long and popular. Um, there have been over the years doing doing quick count like right here. Uh, let's see, four, six, eight, ten, fourteen games released in the franchise. Wow. Um, this was. This was this was this was the second game of the series. The original Omanaga's Exhibition game came out. I came out in 1983 in Japan only for Japanese PCs. It was a basic game, entirely basic, very little graphics. Um, just like well, I you mean, know, at that point, yeah. Yeah, uh, they remade the game. Curiously enough, um, in 1995 for Windows, like Windows, like 3.1, Sega Saturn, and PlayStation. Um, so, which kind of just shows how, again, you know, most these, uh, again, the series was very popular in Japan, and was that like, released in the West? No. Um, okay. Um, most these most these games were not released in the West. I'll, I'll point out the ones the, the, the point of the ones that were. Uh, but there have been numerous systems in computers which have had this your computer computer which had a number exhibition game on it. It's probably it's probably a lot quicker to go through a list of, a list of systems that have not had a number exhibition game on it because because it's very very few. <laughs> Um, this is a port of the second of the second uh, of the second game. Um, it originally came out in Japan in September 1986 uh, for the PC88 SR, which I have no idea what that is. It's a uh, PC. Uh, obviously, I, I just never heard of it. <laughs> um, it got ported in Japan to the to the Famicom, Super Famicom, Mega Drive, PC Engine, uh, PC Engine, uh, CD-ROM. Uh, PlayStation, mobile phones, Windows, and iOS, uh, like over the years. Um, the NES version of the game, uh, which came out in the West, uh, we already mentioned 1989. The Super NES, Super NES Genesis ports of the game followed, like, followed, you know, followed 1993. And this game is also available um, on the Virtual Console, and, uh, like North America, which I didn't Ooh, know about. That's so. pretty cool. But... No, Monogas Ambition 2 is a game I also spend a lot of time playing because I'll get uh, playing, uh, playing that game also got released in the West. Is that uh, game better? 
in some ways I think it is, and in some ways not. Okay. Uh, that game, that that game got ported. That game originally got released in 1988 Japan. It came out. It came out. And it came out with the NES in 1990. Um, the main differences. The main differences of that game is that battles battles more complicated. Um, you actually have like two battle screens in that game. You have both a thief screen and you also have a castle a castle screen. So like. Like so, like so, like so, like so, you can withdraw to the castle uh, to make your you know, make your final stand, for example, in that game. Oh, and that's it goes pretty to the cool. Battle, um, it goes to the um, and the game has you know the game has a and, and the game has a separate uh, map screen for that. Um, there's more dominoes to play from. Uh, play from the maps. Uh, the maps, you know, maps a bit, the, the, the maps, maps, the maps a bit, uh, the maps a bit bigger. Not really, not really too many more options added. Like, the, not really too many options, uh, too many more options added. They added, they added, they added, they added, you added to the game. Um. Um. Oh, the oh, the main, the uh, 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 the, the one of the, the one of the main, the, the one of the uh, main addition, the main addition to the game is that. Um, was that the idea of the Hatamotos, the lieutenants, uh, which you think of as generals? Uh, so, you can, uh, so you can recruit a whole bunch of samurai uh, to serve uh, to serve under you in your fief. It's either like um, like you take care of the town, or you take care of the army, or or you command this unit or whatnot. You um, pet my horses. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So. <laughs> um, and you know, and you can and you can bribe and recruit them from their daimyos, or, or they could be. Does the same to you, or, or you, or that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So the addition of generals, and the generals, and the having the and having the map screen, to, uh, sorry, the battle screen divided divided up into two areas is the main changes that the game had. A um, little, little bit better graphics, you know, and more music to it. Like the game, it's pretty good. Um, I still prefer the original game better, um, but the second game's not bad. Um, okay. Uh, the as you know, I said. Um, as I said before, this game this game definitely shows the fact as a port uh, port of the earlier NES version. Um, they would release later on for the 16-bit systems a proper Nobunaga game that actually that actually utilized the power the power of those systems. Uh, 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 that game is called Lord of Darkness. Uh, Nobunaga's ambition, like Lord of Darkness, which came out with Super NES Genesis, um, and. It, um, 1995. That's a very good game uh, because that game has different scenarios, has different options, the options available to it. Uh, like, it's much more richer and deeper gameplay. It's like that game. Um, and, and, um, and again, and again, like I said, um, because that game was designed. Well, it started. Well, what started out as life in Japan again, again, eight bit systems, but they did a much better job of making the game actually utilize the power of the Genesis Super NES compared to like. Compared to like Nobunaga's ambition, so I think it's a better game overall because of that reason. So um, there's also there's also a Game Boy game, uh, which was a weird hybrid mix of like the first two Nobunaga mission games, plus also some other new stuff added to it. Um, and then that's pretty much the last game released in the West for a long time. Um, wow. It was uh, 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 the next game in the franchise to, to franchise uh, to, to get released in the U.S. was Nobunaga's ambition: uh, Rise to Power on uh, the PS2 in 2008. We might have to cover that. <laughs> I've, I've never played it. Uh, the main thing, the main, the main, the, the main thing the game, the game introduced was castle towns and unified castle sieges. Well, you know what? <laughs> when it gets around to my choice for PlayStation <laughs> Power, I think we might do that. And the game was also like in full 3D. 
I hope so. It's a PS2 game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, the last game. The fr- um, so, like the, like the next two, like, like the next two games. Um, the next game in the franchise also got a US release. Uh, no Man's Exhibition, like Iron Triangle, uh, in two, um, um, 2000, you know, 2010. I the prefer following- a Steel Triangle. <laughs> I'm sorry, following- Colin. Uh, uh, the following game, though, Road to the Heavens, did not get a U.S. release. The most recent game in the franchise, the most recent game in the franchise, though, as Jordan and I have already alluded to, did get a U.S. release. Uh, no Man's Ambition, uh, Spear of Influence, uh, which is also available for the uh, uh, besides being, uh, which is also available besides being, you know, besides, which is also available besides being on Steam, uh, like the PS3, PS4, uh, um, um, and the PS Vita. Wait, it's not it's not on any American consoles. That's all right, that's interesting. Uh, according to this, it got released. Um, yeah, it looks like it only got a PC release, like here in North America. Interesting. But uh, well, we understand why because of course this is a niche game. Um, the franchise, the franchise has always done. Like I said, the franchise has the franchise was much more popular in Japan than it is here. It does, oh, have, yeah. its, um, it, it does have its fans over here, but I think Kawhi just simply realized that the best way to be able to tap that fan base was just simply limited to the PC version that, um, and just be done with it. Because I think that makes sense. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, but um, yeah. curiously enough, though, they are releasing a version of the game like the Switch um, in Japan, which should be really? which should already be out. So, but. Uh, Maybe I'll see if there's an English version of that. There was also, yeah, uh, just to, yeah, yeah, just, just, just to finish up, yeah, just to finish up like, real quick. There was also like, there was also a version of the game for the Wonder Swan, uh, the Game Boy Color, oh, the game. God. Uh, Wonder Swan. Yeah, Wonder Swan, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Nintendo DS. Uh, got a few games for it. There was also like several online games, and there's also like an MMORPG. Uh, uh, based upon the based upon the franchise, which came out in Japan, so um, and there have been other games, like I said before, which have uh, 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 which have been set in this Warring State period because it is such a rich, like rich, like a rich history, um, you know, and, fa- and fascinating topic to cover. Uh, Koi themselves did also the Kessen series uh, for the PS2, oh, yes. uh, the, 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 uh, the PS2 and PS3, which was also set in this time period. Um, and there's also there's also there's also the uh, uh, there's also uh, uh, there's also a very a very popular uh, microprose computer game from the late '80s called Swords of Samurai, which is set in this time period, which is which is really a great game. That's also available on Steam like right now too. Um, one of the uh, one of uh, one of the Total War games was also uh, was also set during this time period, like Total War Shogun, which is pretty good. What a um, time for video games. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> so, uh, when this game came out in North America, it got pretty good reviews. Uh, the Super NES version of the game, however, got definitely lukewarm uh, uh, ratings compared to the original NES version of the game. Because, like, you know, uh, GamePro, for example, uh, praised the control interface and combat system, but said basically the game really didn't have anything to... To basically, to basically said the game really didn't have anything to, you know, recommended like over the original like it show the original uh, PC uh, uh, PC like an NES games so and um, and and segue you know segue you know here in you know, close your thoughts that's the main drawback to this game because it's like um, you know I did not buy this game full price uh, because I 
said because I found out uh, thanks to a friend that that pretty much all this game is just uh, um just um just just simply a slightly a slightly enhanced version a version of the NES game with like a little bit better slightly better graphics music and that's it. So it's like I, I did eventually get the game, you know, at a bargain price. But it's like you know I wouldn't pay full price for it if I had paid if I had paid full price for it. I, I would have been very I would uh, you know, I would have been very soundly disappointed because and George I think we can't on the you came on this topic like quite a bit. Um, if you're gonna remake a game, give me, you know, remake the game beyond just the graphics music. You know. Oh actually, man, we could go on for another two hours about me talking about remade <laughs> games. Right. Yeah. Because you know, I don't mind. I, I don't mind. I don't mind a remake of the game if it's done well. But just give me more beyond graphics. Show graphics and sound effects because it's like Koi did this with a bunch of their other games too. This wasn't you know, this wasn't the only game that there's they did this too. There were four other there were four other games uh, four other games that they also supported over like the NES, I do Super NES. They, they did so they just uh, they, they did the same thing with Gemfire, which is a fantasy a fantasy uh, based uh, strategy game. They did the same thing with Genghis Khan, which is um, which I think it's pretty obvious to what to, to what you're doing in that game. Um, and with the first two Romans, so Romans three games games, the, the, uh, and then this game, all five games, they just simply just shoved them over to the Super NES and Genesis and just gave it a very slight upgrade, and that's it. So um, it's like it's like it's like I understand why you did it because if you didn't have the original the original NES version, then this is this is you know, this is a, a perfectly good version to, uh, a, a version to pick up and play. But it's like I already have this game. Why would I want to show off 40, 50, 60 bucks or whatever it was? Uh, to pick this game up. Uh, when Phil was on the podcast, uh, Phil the Nosewear Gamer, uh, last year talking about Tecmo Bowl, um, I'm, I'm in the same argument back then because it's like Tecmo Bowl for Super NES is just pretty much a poor NES game. And like, he was he was great to great toward it because he didn't have NES as a kid, but I'm like, I already played that, you know, I've already played hundreds of hours on this game in NES, why would I want to pay 60 bucks for like a, a slightly, a, a slightly souped, up, uh, souped up Super NES port? And it's like nowadays, it's like if, nowadays it's like you know just you know, just use an example. Square is taking their Final Fantasy games, just simply like giving them like an HD remake. It's like I understand the HD remake looks gorgeous, but is it really necessary to do that? Because this game only came out like four years ago. Ah, uh, it just like if you're gonna remake a game, give me more than just like a graphics. It's like you know like Wings, for example, that we covered in the past podcast. The, the version of the game that's available on Steam now is a major upgrade to the game. The, not only the upgrade graphics and graphics and sound effects, they also added in voices and new missions and like, you know, uh, and, and added support for like, you know, joysticks and joysticks and that kind of stuff. That's an upgrade. That's a remix. If you flavor to remake a game, go that route. Don't just, you know, don't just give me like, you know, just warm it up, you know, warm it up, like, warm, you know, super, uh, super, 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 super graphics and just like one charge charge the full price for it. If you're going to do that crap, make it a bargain title at least. You know, like, you put it out there for like you know, 20 bucks. So, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but we've come to the point where there are remakes and there are remasters. And remasters uh, are yeah, basically yep, yeah. not much has been added, but the graphics have been upped and they've been ported to Newer platforms right. and stuff like that. Whereas the remake, um, now now it is more accurate. Whereas even just like a few years ago, where it's like, oh, it's a remake, and it's like, no, it's basically considered a remaster. Like now, a remake is an actual remake. Whereas they bolted on this title of remaster two games that are 
basically just upped in graphics for the mm, most part. Right. Yeah. And that's and you you see that now, uh, especially with um, Final Fantasy X. Like it'll say Final Fantasy X, X to remaster, not re- remake. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah, so at least know. at least so now yeah. you can put the pressure where it needs to be if somebody says it's a remake oh no it's actually a remaster you titled it as a remake it's not really remade so on and so forth yeah yeah so So, and also now you can know like oh this is just the same exact game as this then i'm not gonna buy it because Mm -hmm. i already played this on that platform Plus the remake, yeah, yeah. Plus also, plus also the remake market's booming these days. I mean, like you know, there have been there have been it a is. lot of games. Uh, Final Fantasy XII Remaster. Yep, I think is. Uh, uh, they just came out with a remake of Full Throttle, which is a classic, your classic oh, point that is game right. by Lucasfilm. Right. They just came out with Planescape Torment uh, remake um, uh, last month. Did they, uh, or do, or was it like a sequel? Well, the sequel came out at the same or time. A spiritual the remake. successor, or whatever. The Both heck. games came out at the same time. They remade the original game Torment, and they also released a sequel. Um, so right, okay, but uh, but uh, oh, that's right. Okay, yes, I remember seeing that now. Yes, you're yeah, right. yeah. So and then like you know, and 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 then like you know, last year Devil Fine came out with a very good um, a remake of like Day of the Tentacle, which is like very good. So it's like you know, yes, I have that. I need yeah. to I need to play that again. Yeah, it's a fun game. It's a very good remake. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, but so if you're doing sizable things like that, that's fine. That's fine. Like I'm all for that, but more and more, but more and more, I see things like this game we're talking about here in this podcast just being like a lazy, you know, a lazy conversion that's a money grab, um, because it's like, you know, because it's like, is it really lazy though? I mean, if you're taking a port and you're making, or you're taking a game and you're porting it to a newer console and you're making sure that there, but there was no need to port the game because there really wasn't store? anything. Yeah, but are but you sure about that? Because we are at that point where. Oh, someone was an Xbox guy, or somebody did, or people didn't have a PS2 because they, now, they yes, couldn't afford I mean, like it. Back in the early nineties, well, like yeah. the game came out. I, I, like, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's different. If we're talking about modern, yeah, so many yeah. factors, right? But it's like you know, yeah. So just my closing thoughts on the game is like you know, I like this game a lot. I, I, I mean, well, obviously, I'm covered. I'm covered a bit because of my strong history and nostalgia, nostalgia like of the game. I, the Super NES port port of the game is perfectly good. It's, you know, it's a perfectly fine version of the game, but there's really nothing recommended. Like go to the NES version, uh, the NES version. You accept this, you, you, um, you accept the slightly better graphics, your graphics music. So it's like, so it's like, if you've never played the game, so if you've never played the game or played anything in the series, this is probably like a good game to start out with. Um, but Lords of Darkness is a much better game, I think. Um, you know, just just a much deeper, deeper, richer game. No More Exhibition 2 for the NES also has a lot more um, um, ambition to it also. It's like, you know, I don't understand why this game was made, basically. No Nagas ambition on the NES has more ambition. Wonderful. Pretty much, yeah. So, Wonderful. that game was more, like, groundbreaking. This is just like, eh, been there, done that. Uh, you know, but... Uh, Slash rant. <laughs> but, yeah, so like, so, so like I said, that's probably... That, so we probably have said enough like about that. That's a whole topic. That probably, you know, that's a topic that probably could fill up like a whole different uh, you know podcast. I'm but, sure uh, we could fill like three podcasts <laughs> about that stuff if we really want to boil down to it. Yes. So. Uh, so George, your impressions. I mean, you already said some of it. Um. Um. You know, like how how are you know how you kind of found the 
the the fact this game is kind of old oh. and simple with kind of a, a limitation a limitation which is curious to hear you say that because you know I think that anything this is actually like one of Koi's easier games to pick up to pick up and play I think compared to this some of the other games. This game is is brutal. Um, I found myself uh, having trouble at the beginning of the game because oh it was attacked okay I can defend myself oh I'm getting attacked the next round. Okay, I can still kind of defend myself. Okay, he's attacking me again the third round. Like, <laughs> dude, do you not have anything else better to do? And then I just, like, I get wiped out easily because I'm trying to train troops or I'm trying to get new troops and I can't because I'm running out of money or, or something and I yeah. keep getting attacked and it's, like, it's very difficult to survive. Even with one guy attacking, I, play, I tried playing one of the thieves in the middle and uh, that was even worse because there was three guys attacking me and it's like yeah. I can't even survive like up to the third yeah. round here right yeah um I read the manual and it helped but it's just like still I I didn't know what to do because it's just like whatever I tried I still eventually just lost early on in the game I couldn't get too far um there was a point where I actually was able to stave off some people and then I tried attacking and that didn't go over well, and that led to just me completely losing. So this, uh, am I dumb? I don't know, but this game is was was brutal for me. It's a cool game for sure, and it is kind of simplistic. I don't see how you how you find it one of the easier ones though, because if this is one of the easier ones, then jeez, I'm 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 in for yeah, a rude I awakening. Think, yeah, I think you are because like you know there are a bunch you know. Like, you know, I have a lot of history and and love for this company, and I think it's and you know there's a lot of their games of you know, a lot of uh, a lot of historical simulation games uh, like Elk that I really love, but I think all those games like are more complicated. Uh, I think the uh, game PTO, being limited kind of yeah. hurts him. Yeah, I mean PTO has you uh, has you has you controlling the has you controlling the the, the American and Japanese side of the entire Pacific. Pacific Theater, which is a whole bunch of things to do. Um, Liberty or Death is an American Revolution game, which is which is very complicated because you have to deal with like uh, politics and like you know supplies and like you know uh, you know generals and troops and that kind of stuff. So there's um, uh, Genghis Khan is like you know uh, a world a world conquest game, which is, like again you get you, again you got like politics and like you know. Um, you know, like supplies, that kind of stuff. The scope of this game being limited to Japan makes the game simpler and easier to pick up than some of the other, like, like more bigger or world-expanding games that Kawhi released over the years. I feel like maybe the biggest thing is it doesn't give you any breathing room at the beginning to, to get your bearings and get what you need to get done. Like I don't, I don't think there's enough room for that, and that's why I'm failing because yeah. I don't have enough time to help. Like because if we're playing like a like Civ Five or whatever, like you're not at war, you're you're not automatically at war round one. You're there, you're building up, you have the chance to get more settlements and build up your army a bit and get experience and whatnot. And then eventually you do go into war and you're ready for that. But even if you fail, it's not going to be a major loss the first few times. So uh, this game is like 0 to 100, like <laughs> instantly. It's like 0 to 500, like right away. Yeah. 
no, you're right. That's a fair complaint. Uh, there is some, you know, there's some like advice uh, that I can give uh, to anybody out there wanting to pick this game up. Um, as George recommended, uh, taking a thief where you can only be attacked on one side or the most two sides is probably very helpful just to, to start the game out. To, right. Just to start the game out with, um, you want to try to unify and. and I want to try to grab control of uh, like your area area to minimize the attacks to you just like one or two problems as quickly as you can. Uh, taking over all of, like Kyushu or Shikuku Island, for example, is very beneficial because you have a good, um, you know, step to that point, you're alone on the island and you're going to be attacked in like one or two places. Um, signing, signing a non-aggression pact. Uh, or an alliance with your neighbors is very important also. Like, do anything you can to try to get that guy over on your side to give you that breathing space that George, that George is talking about. To allow you to be able to get your foundation up. Diplomacy, um, who needs that? Yeah, di- yeah diplomacy is <laughs> yeah, very important. Stab um, him with your spear. Um, you know, like... Definitely, definitely take advantage of ninjas before you like do an attack. Um, send them over to like you know the damage, the damage things, and like sap morale their troops and whatnot. Uh, you can also, you can also, you can also, if you have a lot of money, uh, send over ninjas to assassinate the daimyo. If he doesn't have a successor, the land, uh, uh, the thief will go up for sale and put the highest bid in. It's yours. So you can like have a bloodthirsty uh, conquest. Uh, you know, like that thief. I don't um, think drinking blood is good for you. <laughs> um, I heard so, a report yeah. about that somewhere. Um, focus, focus, focus first on focus first up and trying to get your army like well trained and well armed because, like I said, a small army that's good in both those areas can defeat a much larger army that's not. Um, having uh, having a good like you know uh, field uh, um, uh, agricultural and town base for taxes and food also uh, and food and food is also critical. Um, and just like you know. Uh, and you know, if you hit hit, and you know, the running around a battle a uh, battle screen, if you're you know to stay off defeat is also a very viable tactic. <laughs> um, as soon as it looks, yeah. Um, and just basically, and just and just basically, if you have really bad luck in one year for one reason or another, reload, try again. There's no because of the because of the random the, the random the random factors that get the factors of the game. No two years play the same. So if you have bad of luck. Course. So, 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 so you have, so you have like really like bad luck one one year. Um, load it up again, and you should have better luck. To better, to better luck the second try. Um, I, I'd encourage you, George, George, to check out Lords of Darkness also because I think that game is a much more richer and fuller game that probably will give you more of this more, um, more of the stuff you're looking for. I might go check out the new game <laughs> or uh, the new game. newer game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely. I think that they, um, you know, like the reviews for Spirit of Influence have been very good. It's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely a much more complicated game. Um, but right. Uh, but they, um, so, but yeah, so. Anyway, um, because of the fact, that, so anyway, because of the fact that this game is kind of a niche game, uh, there's not many copies that, uh, that uh, um. Uh, all these games that covered up on our podcast can be found on eBay easily enough, um, but the number of copies, the number of copies that have sold recently and are currently sort of for sale are, are, are not that many. Um, Did you try misspelling the name? Because I'm, I, I'm, I feel like there might be a decent amount of listings with the wrong spelling of the name or that something. That could be true. I didn't do that. So there's, you know. I think there's a service out there um, that like helps you search for stuff that's been misspelled. Yeah. So like, 
people will like misspell Genesis or something and it'll be like almost like a steal because they just want to get rid of it. Right. But they like misspelt it or something. I've seen a few things like that where it's like, oh, dude, this is cheaper. And I accidentally misspelled it on my search. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> um, oh, oh, I'm going to mention this earlier uh, before we like finish up. This is definitely funny. Uh, this is definitely fits in that like only in Japan category. Uh, some of the spinoffs, some of the spinoffs that have been released in Japan for the Nobunaga's Big, uh, uh, like the Nobunaga's Ambition series, include a Pokemon crossover uh, game, uh, which came out. What? Oh, it gets better. <laughs> How does it, how's it get any better than that? Uh, which came on 3DS. There is a. There is a. Um, there is a, a social, a social, a social network game themed around Nobunaga's ambition in Japan, and there is a cat-themed browser-based online battle raising simulation game. Okay, yeah, no, you could definitely, <laughs> you, yep, you could definitely get better than the Pokemon game. Dang. Wow. So yeah, they love this series in Japan. <laughs> Are you sure? I, I, I'm dead serious. Okay. It's called, um, the the, the uh, that last one, that that last one, the English. Uh, the English translation Samurai Cats. I need to I need to go look that up now. 2011. <laughs> All right. Cat themed browser based online battle slash raising simulation. <laughs> <game>. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> I think that is the end of this podcast now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, almost. I just have the eBay pricing to go over. Um, like I was saying before, if you want the game, because of that fact, uh, it, uh, this game's pretty cheap. Uh, thirty-two copies uh, currently. Thirty-two copies of the game currently on sale for, for currently on sale on eBay. Fourteen copies that recently sold. Currently pricing, currently pricing, which includes shipping. Uh, uh, we'll get you anywhere from like eight to you know, eight to nineteen bucks. Uh, there were two CIA copies that sold recently. One for one for one for one for twenty-one dollars, and one for and one for and one for twenty-five fifty. So not a very expensive game. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. And being a simulation game, there are no like cheat codes or anything else like that, of course, because most of those games don't have stuff of that uh, uh, the stuff of that irk. So, um, yeah, so. Uh, very final final thought. Uh, still a fun game. Uh, uh, always fun to go back to and play this game. Um, I spend more time with Lord of Darkness now these days. Uh, I don't want to go back to like a 16-bit uh, No More Ambition uh, title, but but still pretty fun. And just basically, um, if you've never played a game in the series, this is this is this is probably a good one. To, you're a good one. To, you're a good one. A good one to check out to start out with because it is kind of uh, you know simple and. Easy, at least in some ways. Mm. Um, you know, easy to pick up, at least. Maybe not, maybe not per se to play, but, mm. um, but they uh, just, uh, but, but, just, but yeah, but yeah, it really doesn't have anything to offer, to offer like over the NES version. So, you so if you play it on the NES, you're not really missing anything out by not checking out this version. Yep. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, George has. Okay, George has already said his. Uh, your closing thoughts. So, <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> what are we covering? You're covering the next podcast, George. Oh, the wonderful game known as Pit Fighter. Pit Fighter, yes. Which we just have its defenders. Um, the, you know, before I mentioned Phil, uh, so really, um, I really like you. Know, like, 
I, I really, you, you, you really enjoys this game. Really? Clearly, I think he does. But uh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, this is a, yeah, this is a, this is a, a Atari arcade game which is famous for having uh, digitized pictures of uh, like the fighters uh, about two years before, about two years before, uh, about two years before like Mortal Kombat did. So that's the main claim to fame. Are you sure about that? Yeah, Pit Fighter predates Mortal Kombat. Okay. So. But uh, um, the home versions, the home versions uh, of the game, though, did not look as well, which we'll get into in the podcast. Of course not. It's, so. It does not have the arcade power. <laughs> yes. So, but we will get into that. <laughs> um, uh, we very much appreciate you listening to the podcast, as always. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, uh, 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 etc., you can either check us out on our Facebook page, or you can also send me an email directly to the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, that is T H E S N E S podcast at, at Yahoo. We are a proud member of both the Throwback Network and Retro Junkies, where you can find a whole bunch of a similarly retro themed podcast, both video game and non video game related. Um, movie. Uh, a movie podcast, for example, or like a very big, uh, a very big, a very big, a very big, like those networks. So if you want to hear some talk about 80s, you know, like beloved to maybe not so beloved 80s, 90s, 80s, 90s uh, movies. Um, we're also available on iTunes. If you, if you want to give us a review on there, it's very much appreciated. Um, our main site's on Libsyn. We can also like stream these, uh, stream these podcasts. I like your pleasure. And George and George and I also do together the, uh, the, uh, the PlayStation Power podcast, which is a, which is which, which is not family friendly, but we cover like PS1 and PS2 games. Um, the next game planned for that podcast 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 is going to be Final Fantasy VIII. So yeah. uh, a very a very uh, very interesting and controversial game. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. George, what other what other fine entertaining podcast do you do you uh, uh, do you put out there for the masses? Oh boy! If anyone is interested or loves the Master System, well, there's a podcast out there for you. Well, I mean, I didn't do it for you, but it's out there, and you can <laughs> listen to it. Uh, Master System Masterpieces. Uh, it's it's fun and it's cool. You should listen to it. Anyway, uh, PlayStation Power, as Greg said, the Box Four, which is not family friendly at all. No, uh, <laughs> buddy and I sit down and just talk, basically. Um, hey, Greg, have you ever heard of the SNES podcast? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, because I do that as well. Uh, anyway, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Mister Chief. Is that M I S T U R C H E E F? And I think that that's about it. Yes, and George also does live streams like every now and then. Uh, yeah. Um, um, like for example, like for example, like for example, if you're a wrestling fan, he tries to cover a wrestling game like once a week. Kind of, yeah. Yep. Kind of. So, uh, yeah, I, it, I, work has really screwed up my schedule for that. Yeah. So well, once I get work all settled, then I will get that that settled. Work has a nasty habit about getting about getting in the way of like your gaming life. So. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> on top of there's actually stuff that I'm bringing home I have to do. So, oh, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does, but also, like, when that's done, it, it, money, 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 yeah. money. Boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. There was a wrestler, speaking about, there was a wrestler, like, there was a wrestler that used that, like, it's just, like, uh, yeah, that's a theme song, right? Million Dollar Man. Yep. Million Dollar Man, yes, thank you. Money, I was trying... money, 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 money. 
<laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's that's exactly. I, I was I was <laughs> I was singing that song while playing Watch Dogs too. Oh, no, <laughs> like out of nowhere, just like what what am I doing? <laughs> so I think, oh, that's we, funny. Yeah, I, I think we're and done on that here. note, we should probably end the podcast. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, thank you again very much, everybody, for tuning in. We very much, we very much appreciate it. Um, and you know, and you know, don't and 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 don't be afraid to check out a Kawhi game, just because of the fact that um, you know the, uh, the games, the games, the games, may look, the games may look daunting at first, but they're not really not that bad once you get into it. Yep. And and that's my and and, and that's my final thought. Later. See ya. Good good morning. Good night. Good afternoon. What he said. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.